Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My father and mother love to eat and love to feed. And I think I have the same thing. My wife always tells me, do you see how much we spend this month in eating? I say, I'm researching and I'm learning. <laughs> uh, but because nothing gives me more joy than to send food to friends or to share with anybody. And I think all of that comes from my mom and my dad, uh, which can be a course, but I see it as a, as a blessing. Welcome to Your Mama's Kitchen, a podcast that explores how we're shaped as adults by the kitchens we grew up in as kids. I'm Michelle Norris. Today, I caught up with a man who's always out in the world globetrotting for good, and I got him to slow down enough to spend time with us in his kitchen. Lucky me, I got to spend a day with Chef Jose Andres in his home in Bethesda, Maryland. Sorry, but that's beautiful music. Yeah. My Jose is a longtime friend. I've known him for years, and I always like visiting his house because it's filled with good smells, interesting objects from all of his travels, and the constant gurgle of laughter and something bubbling on the stove. It's like life is a party, and he is the host. But Jose is a celebrity chef known for his big heart as well. You've probably heard of Jose because of his philanthropic work. He and his team are always running toward disaster to feed those in need. It started with the D.C. Central Kitchen in the nation's capital and grew into the World Central Kitchen after a massive earthquake in Haiti in 2010. Jose's team has fed thousands of people after the hurricane in Puerto Rico, the wildfires in California, and more recently in Maui, and they are a fixture in Ukraine, feeding towns ravaged by war. And of course, Jose Andreas, who originally hails from Spain, is also known for his great food. His mother and father, who were both nurses, were also talented cooks. He made a name for himself in the U.S. by introducing innovative avant-garde cuisine that featured foam and smoke and deconstructed dishes. In today's episode, you'll learn how Jose developed his relationship to food, how his father influenced his cooking, and how improvising when ingredients were scarce made him the chef that he is today. And when we get to the kitchen to explore the simple country Spanish food he grew up with, together we will make a special meal that was one of his mother's favorites when she wanted to make something that was just for herself. Roasted red peppers that are cooked down a second time on the stovetop with garlic and then paired with a simple fried egg and a thick slice of toasted country bread. 
It is for him a taste of home, and we'll share how you can make it in your kitchen. When I thought about doing a podcast built around that question, tell me about your mama's kitchen, you are one of the people I always had in mind because I've heard you talk about your mama's kitchen and I know you have such wonderful stories. So I'm so glad that you joined us. And so here we are. Tell me about your mama's kitchen. Close your eyes. Take me back there. What did it smell like? What did it look like? What do you remember? We were, I guess, immigrants inside the Spain since I was very young because I grew up in Asturias, northern part of Spain. But uh, I have very far away memories um, of those moments. The moment I began having memories was moving to Barcelona. My father was a nurse opening a new restaurant. And in five years, we changed homes, I would say, three times. From the suburbs, these kind of inner cities that they were growing as immigrants were moving into a big city like Barcelona. Then we move inside Barcelona for a couple of years. And then we move to this little town called Santa Coloma de Cervello, 30, 40 minutes north of Barcelona, into the mountains, into a very small village where you could see Barcelona far away in the distance, high up in the mountain, and where farming land was everything you you saw. In that house that my mom and father uh, were able to 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 buy no 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 house but uh, an apartment in the f- first floor and we had a very little nice kind of garden that to me it it seemed like like an, a never ending garden but actually it was such a small thing that we barely could put there ten chairs and a little magnolia tree and in that kitchen is where I remember obviously falling in love with with cooking in more ways than one. So imagine a very, very small kitchen, but that in a way, my mother Monday through Friday mainly, and my father more on the weekends, will have the task of feeding my three brothers and I. And where I just remember my mom always making things out of nothing. The leftover chicken at the end of the month I don't have any memory of the dishes at the beginning of the month. We're always the ones at the end when the fridge was totally empty because there was nothing left. Will be always that half piece of chicken that also is drying because we didn't even have paper film at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and my mom will get that, will chop it. She'll make a bechamel with olive oil and or butter, maybe a little onion chop. She'll cook it. And then she'll add flour to make what we call a roux. And then she'll add the milk. And then she'll make this amazing, creamy, thick but saucy-like milk bechamel sauce. That Then she'll add that chicken or that egg or a little bit of ham, whatever was left over. And then she'll rot them into flour, making little bowls, mm-hmm. and uh, egg wash, use eggs that were whisk. Uh, if it was any egg left, if not, mm-hmm. it'd be water. And then breadcrumbs. And the breadcrumbs was fascinating because also was the bread that was old during the week. When it gets hard, 
Uh, she'll break it in little pieces and you'll put whatever uh, and you will grind meat or onion or carrots or bread. And she'll then roll it in the breadcrumbs and then fry. The fascinating thing was that my brothers and I, we will, oh my God, we will die for those croquetas. We will be counting how many were coming out of the pan to make sure everybody was e eating equally the same croquetas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the fascinating thing was that usually she will make that the day before. Yeah. And usually at night. Usually she, she'd make the croquetas at night. The the mix, the mm -hmm. dough, the bechamel, the milk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to roll them, the bechamel will have to get cold because they they are difficult to handle if they are as creamy as my mom mm -hmm. made them. But when she put it in the tray in the refrigerator at night. Usually because I'm, I was the oldest one. I will be the one waking up and slowly and without making a lot of noise in a house that every time you open the door, you could, you, you could hear it was a little creaky. The, the creaky of the <laughs> door and going to the kitchen. And yeah, maybe it's not the way, but with the fingers. So you will not leave anything behind and a little bit. But what I will do very quickly was push him with my fingers so nobody will notice oh, that I so already... No fingerprints. No, no fingerprints. Evidence. No fingerprints. <laughs> that was terrible. But the issue was that my brothers would do exactly the same. <laughs> I guess they learned from the old brothers. And my mom every morning will be the same thing. Who ate the croquetas? <laughs> so it began being tradition that she'll make a big tray and then she'll always leave a little plate. Mm. That then we could do whatever we wanted with a little plate. But we couldn't ever touch the big pan again. Why? Because then it will be very difficult for my mom to roll the perfect yeah, croqueta. Yeah. But still to this day, those croquetas is one of those dishes that obviously I remember my mom uh, making. And for me to this day, it's been part of my life because I know my wife and myself, we've made those croquetas for my daughters. And in, in fascinating ways, it's one of the most popular dishes too in my restaurants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see, it's almost like life going all around 360 that sometimes it starts in a little kitchen that you can barely feed a family of five. I love what you said that you remember the meals when your mom had to make do with what was just left in the fridge instead of the meals at the beginning of the month where there was probably plenty, right? Where you'd probably had just gone to market and you had more ingredients. What does that say about you? Why do you think your mind goes to the moments where she had to improvise and use it was just left in the refrigerator? I think what I'm describing and experiencing is something like, uh, I, in a way that's a matter where you come from and what culture and what country, what, what tribe you belong, that I'm sure many of us have experienced. Millions, if not hundreds of millions. And it's hard to explain because it's not about the perfection of the dish. It's about intangibles that are important ingredients that you cannot put in a recipe. Mm -hmm. Such as? You cannot put love in a recipe. How, how do you write love? Mm -hmm. Because there's many mm -hmm. ways to give love. Right. Love is coming home after a long day of work and, and still having the burden of having to feed your family. <laughs> That's that's responsibility, but had to be love. And sometimes not knowing how you're going to do it. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> not knowing how to do it. I, I think those dishes 
shows you the human creativity shining through, where in the worst moments uh, of humanity, humans somehow, they've been able to make it through. And that's in the DNA of who we are. And I think this is something we all we all have. It's a talent is deep inside every one of us, but that we don't really realize. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm describing, my mom. I remember another dish that probably is one of the moments I thought, man, I like this thing of cooking. I'm guessing I was seven, eight, and we were visiting a distant relative, an uncle in mm-hmm. a in a town called Rives. And I remember we arrived there for one of the school vacations. I think this was during Lent, as we call it in Spain, Semana Santa. And there we go. And we arrived to see this family member, which we never met before, but was a distant relative of my father. There we arrived late at night, sprinkles of rain. And when we arrived there is these old homes where with very thick walls, with almost the house with no electricity, but like candles, like it was medieval times. But then we go into this house, I remember, kind of dark, but in a way welcoming. Not a place that you felt like you were scared, but a place you felt like home. Mm. And there we arrive, and where he takes us, even before he shows us our rooms, into this kind of big room that happens with the kitchen, with a very big table, and with a beautiful orangey light that kept changing because it was kind of a big fire he had in the back. And there he had this very big pot metal, uh, like a cauldron. And he had in that wooden table in one edge, uh, kind of a very big knife and a big piece of bread, bread again. And it seems he was cutting with the help of the knife um, uh, cramps. And I say it seems because I didn't see it doing it until uh, there he sat himself and began cutting more of those breadcrumbs, like a big mountain of them, then getting some water with the fingers and then sprinkling the water on top of the bread and then putting a little tablecloth on top. And there he was in the fire with this very big pot of metal with a big a piece of bacon with no meat, just the pure fat that he add in there to make sure it starts melting. And then all of a sudden, using that same tablecloth that all of a sudden was to cover the breadcrumbs, putting it on the side of the breadcrumbs, putting the breadcrumbs on top of the tablecloth, and then using that tablecloth to bring them into the pot where he will put them over that melted bacon fat. And with a big wooden spoon, And for the next 30, 40 minutes, he will be moving the breadcrumbs that will have the right moist, not too much or too little. Because if they had too much, they will become become like a very big, clumsy kind of big ball of bread. And if they were too dry, they will burn very quickly. So they had to be not too much, not too little, but the exact amount of water. Not something you can write in a recipe. Only the wisdom of life. And then he had a little pen that he put kind of in a little tripod, metal triangle thing that you see the cowboys cooking the coffee in the movies. Oh, yes. Little, like we all have. Hangs. I don't even yes, know yes. the name of in Spanish or in English. And he will put a pen, more oil, 
he'll start frying an egg at a time. And then he'll get these metal plates and start putting one egg in each. And then getting with the spoon, covering them with the breadcrumbs, the migas. And there you have all bread, bacon fat, olive oil, and the eggs, and a little bit of salt. And I still, to this day, remember the plate of bread and eggs as something extraordinary. That's not my mother's kitchen, but that's it's a kitchen of, 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 of my life that showed me that, wow, sometimes we overcomplicate things and that simple, simple things are very astonishing. Just listening to you describe that, it was theatrical. It's a process that must have fascinated you as a, as a child to see him. It sounds like he's scraping the bread. Yeah. Creating these breadcrumbs. As you're describing it, I can hear it. I can hear a knife chafing across. <laughs> and one by one, every crumb he cut it himself. Not too big, not too small, but the right size. And it's many dishes of migas across Spain. Uh, many different dishes. That one was probably the most simple one I've ever eaten in my life. And it's called migas. Migas. Which means? Crumbs. Crumbs. You fell in love not just with the food, but the process. What yeah. food represents. And the smells and the looks and the light of the fire. A fire that I told this story many times, but was the story of my father showing me to control the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he will cook home, but nowhere he will be happier than cooking outside in, in a camp or in, a, in the mountain or when we went camping and doing a big paella for friends. And if he could, he would make a fire. And you have a little grill when it's still you could make a fire in the open. Still is places with the right weather and the right permission. And we will make this fire. And I will be in charge of making the fire. You were in charge of that, of making the fire. My father liked to cook it with the fire. And I was Mr. Fire. You were Mr. Fire. We you had to we'll gather, gather the wood, yep. get the twigs right on top of the wood. Yep. And, and keep it going. And keep it going. And if he will make one, you know, with chicken or and, or and rabbit, more what we call the paella valenciana. Um. You know, you have to start sautéing the meats and it's in the middle because if not, the outside of the paella burns and you don't want the oil to burn because it will give bad flavor. So the fire had to be with intensity, but only in the middle. And then the process will keep going and he'll add the vegetables and then the tomato and the tomato will reduce. And then you'll need to increase a little bit the fire in the moment. And then when everything is in the right moment to perfection, you'll add the water then you have to have a very heavy boil and the water will have to boil 20, 30 minutes because you want in that moment the chicken and the rabbit and all the flavors of the different ingredients to mingle and release the flavor into the water to then stop being water. It slowly was becoming like one of the most beautiful, savory meat, chicken, rabbit stocks ever. Think about it. Mm-hmm. People That's when say, the steam but you don't, uh, you don't add the stock. No, we add water. The, the stock is going to be made as we cook. And then the water will start reducing a little bit because you put way too much for the quantity of rice you will need. But then my father will know when is the right moment to add the rice in that moment, more fire will have to increase. Then is the very super big fire will have to happen. And that's it. He will put me in charge of doing that. 
the process. It's almost like going to mass, going to church. Everything has its ritual, its moment. A movie without a script hmm. that you knew the beginning and kind of you knew the end, but will never happen twice in the same way or fashion. But making the fire was important. When I hear you describe paella, I'm, I'm also thinking not everyone has been fortunate enough to have paella or a good paella. And when you talk about that big paella pan, just a minute to describe that for an audience that maybe not everyone knows what it is. It is a big, it's not a skillet. It's not a wok. No. But it has properties of both. It's a big, round. Very shallow. Pan that's shallow. With, shaped, uh, kind of I like would a say like a 45 degrees angle on the sides. Mm -hmm. With two handles when it's small enough. With four, six or eight as the paella keeps increasing. Because you've done paellas as big as the table that we're sitting oh, at. Oh, bigger. Yeah. I'm bigger. We have one that we do 500 people. And also it's very characteristic that you never fill them up to the top. Paellas are supposed to be, they need the space. The rice needs the space. And it looks like it's almost in like an inverted spaceship. It's an inverted. Of, yeah. Yes. I, I, and it's funny you... You, you mentioned a spaceship because, yeah, it looks like a satellite too. Because when I ordered one that came from Spain many years ago, because I was cooking this very big event for the 20-year anniversary of Haleo, the 15th, and this thing is coming and it's in customs, not for weeks, but for months, and will not clear customs. The paella pan could not clear customs? What did they think it was? For weird reasons. And then one day they call me again, I'm like, what the... Uh, but what it, this is, it's, it's a paella, it's for cooking rice. I've been saying the same story now for so often. <laughs> like, and, you, and why you need something so big to cook rice? I'm like, okay, man, what do you want me to tell you? You know what? It's a satellite. The FBI is across my restaurant <laughs> and it's used as, it's a satellite to spy on the FBI. Well, let me tell you, we... We got that call, I think. We got that call. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because they, anyway, they thought it was a big satellite. Well, whatever it was, we got that that visit. The FBI was not too far. But anyway, um, and we were talking about the paella and my father, but the, uh, to try to end that story was the day I got upset because he would never let me cook it. And You wanted they, to cook the paella and, and and instead of doing the fire. And he sent me away. Huh. And uh, obviously they ate without me, but my father got me at the end. And and this is part of this romanticism I've been telling you of those moments of life. I don't know if my father again was so deep or not. I want to believe he was. Um, and he told me, my son, every everybody wants to do the cooking. No, nobody wants to do the fire. Master the fire, control the fire, find it, control it, and then you can do any cooking you want. Obviously, this is a fascinating story for a young cook in the making now that is, I made it to be a cook. But this is a great metaphor for life itself. We are all trying to, to cook when, when we didn't even understood what our fire is. And I think that's important. And at least that's what I believe my father was trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to the Audible Original, Your Mama's Kitchen. Like what you're hearing? The next episode is available now, exclusively from Audible. Visit Audible.com slash kitchen and hit the follow button for the latest episodes each week. You can listen to new episodes on Audible two weeks before you can hear them anywhere else. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. I love to be able to cook in a kitchen and have a good meal with the people I care about all around me. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen at a big island, and we were able to all get in and do our thing together and sit down in the adjoining dining room and have a long, loud meal, and then clean up afterwards and continue the conversation. I loved being able to do that, and Airbnb allowed that to happen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. Hosting your home on Airbnb is a great way to make some extra money. It's very practical as a side hustle. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to try to lift up your game? I know, I just got a new tennis racket. It's one of those newfangled things that's supposed to put a little bit of extra sauce on the ball. And it makes me want to spend a little bit of extra time on the court to perfect my backhand or work on my volleys. Here's the thing. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Available dynamic sky panoramic glass roof. Available front row massaging seats. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires. Available multi-terrain select. With all of these options, you can travel in style and comfort in the city or off-road. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Your mother and your father were nurses. If they had been bankers or real estate developers or insurance agents, or any number of other things, do you think 
you would be different as a man and as a person. Do you think that one of the reasons that you are so focused in your own life on taking care of other people, on nurturing other people, is because that's what they did? Is it literally in your DNA in some ways because of their yeah. their work and their lives? You know, I had a, a very complicated relationship with my mother. Uh, my mother was very fascinating woman, loved by many, but at times was hard. And that's maybe one of the reasons why I always left home so early. Or let me put it this way. I found creative ways to be away from home. I had to be creative. It was a complicated relation. And, and my father, you know, he was also very hands-on, hands-off, trying just to manage. Uh, but my mom had up and downs that sometimes made it complicated. With that said, uh, I, I think we are all created just to remember the amazing good times, right? Because they are the ones that keep you going. And we, we have a, a tendency used to forget the bad ones, mm-hmm. put which it I on think a, is healthy. Put it on a shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those demons of the past show up. Sometimes oh, I see myself uh, in my mom, but I cannot blame for her because I'm a grown-up man. I have to control my own. Um, but I think in a way my mom made me in the good things who I am, right? And she was persistent. She never took no for an answer. You know, I, I know my mother and my father were not the best ones managing money because they were so hard. But sometimes they were not good managing their money. Also, they will be big givers, meaning they, they'll invite everybody for the big spayas. And, you know, you are middle class, but you are working middle class. And, you know, every dollar counts. In this case, every peseta counts. But my father and mother love to eat and love to feed. And I think I have the same thing. My wife always tells me, do you see how much we spend this month in eating? I say, I'm researching <laughs> and I'm learning. <laughs> uh, but because nothing gives me more joy than to send food to friends yeah. or to share with anybody. And I think all of that comes from my mom and my dad, uh, which can be a course, but I see it as a, as a blessing. We always like to gift our listeners with a recipe, something that means something special to our guests, something that tastes like home. Jose Andreas is going to make the roasted red peppers that his mother used to make. But before we get there, he explains what that dish means to him. Los pimientos asados de Mamá Marisa. These red peppers was probably one of the dishes my mother made for herself. Like if my mother could be greedy, that's the only way she ever showed it. And still, she will share it with everybody. But She, that, she loved this that much? Yeah, and, and I'm only telling you this and I'm thinking about it right now. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Because she will not, never make a big quantity. Not like the red peppers were expensive, but depends the season, they could be expensive. And she will roast those red peppers, pimientos asados. And, oh my God, that was the most delicious dish. And the fascinating part was that I didn't like peppers, especially the green peppers. And before I realized that became one of my favorite dishes ever, my mom one day, those green peppers, she put them for dinner 
And I saw a piece of meat. And I didn't want to eat them. And my mom said, okay, it's fine, but you're taking them tomorrow to school and you will eat the green peppers. She sent them to school. The teacher told her he didn't eat them. She took the peppers back home mm -hmm. for dinner. She gave me again green peppers. I didn't eat them. Next day to school, send me the green peppers. <laughs> you, you're going to make sure you ate those and green peppers. And that night, I <laughs> ate the green peppers. And now green peppers, fried green peppers, mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite things in the whole world, <laughs> with a little touch of salt. But this takes me to the red peppers, totally different flavor and totally different preparation. But where those plump, big, long, meaty, fleshy, beautiful, radish, ruby color red peppers. And she will put them in the oven with her hands, almost like she will give them love and a most beautiful massage with the oil. She will make sure the skin will have a film of the oil. Mm -hmm. Olive oil on the outside. Olive oil. And she'll put them in the oven and roast them. And you'll see how the upper part will get dry and slightly brown, but the part touching the metal pan well, uh, is the one that really will be cooking. So you'll have to keep turning them two or three times. And in 40 minutes, the peppers will be roasted. And then you'll take them out, and in the moment, you will be able to peel them. And she'll peel them, and I remember peeling the peppers is something that I enjoy enormously. Because all of a sudden, that dry opaque semi-barn peel will give a door and a window into seeing the flesh of the red peppers shiny and velvety. And they will lose part of their moist, that that moist will end in the bottom of the tray. And she'll take the seeds and she'll get these kind of red pepper strips. She'll put that juice of the red peppers on the side and the skins and the seeds away. Then she'll get the terracotta pot and, and we'll cook them uh, with olive oil and garlic. The garlic will brown, not too much, not too little. Use the right brown, as we call dancing garlic. Ah, dancing garlic. The garlic starts that. dancing. You can chop, but usually she likes it to slice. Mm -hmm. And then she'll put the peppers and then she'll add water. And then she'll add also the use of the red peppers. And she'll boil them slowly until the water will almost evaporate completely. And then the use of the red peppers and the olive oil will become like this kind of emulsify sauce. And at the end, she'll add cherry vinegar to bring acidity and play against the sweetness that the peppers were showing you. Those peppers, hot or even better cold, next to one fried egg and a piece of bread. That was heaven on earth. Mm. That sounds so delicious. And we happen to be in your house, so we can just take a few steps. Let's go. And go in the kitchen and, and try to... Let's go. Try to capture this in the kitchen. Let's go. We scooted over to Jose's kitchen, which is, in a word, spacious. I mean, talk about a dream kitchen, but come on, what else would you expect from a world-class chef? Of course, his kitchen is amazing. Let me give you a quick scan of what it looks like in here. There's a massive picture window that looks out over the woods, and it gives the whole room a feeling of cooking inside while being outside. There is one central massive island with a cooktop and a halo of practical cooking instruments of all 
all kinds hanging from above. And next to the stove, every kind of olive oil, vinegar, and sea salt you can think of. But what we're here for is looking right back at us. Gorgeous, plump, ruby red peppers laid out as if slumbering on a sheet pan, just begging to be roasted in the style of Jose's mother. They, they look so relaxed. They are relaxed. And look at how beautiful they are. Well, these are, these are, are these and, from the farmer's market? These and, are gorgeous. And so big and so hard. They're gorgeous. Uh, and that, that's very similar to the peppers. Uh, but these are I big. These are like post-nuclear. Big. These are really big. As big as big they can. So here's a quick rundown of how to prep the dish. But this is not a quick dish. You're going to need a little time, but it's worth it. Jose says you should massage the peppers with high-quality olive oil, preferably Spanish olive oil, and then spread them out on a cookie sheet or sheet pan. Then pop them in the oven at 300 degrees and roast them for about 40 minutes, turning often. And you just rub this with a little bit of olive oil. For these, you can even get away with peanut sunflower oil. Really? Work. In the oven, the skins of the peppers will start to pucker and then turn brown and eventually blacken in some areas, but that's okay. Just keep turning them often so they don't stick to the sheet and cook evenly. When they appear to be cooked on all sides after about 40 minutes, remove from the oven and let them sit for a minute. They may sink a little bit. It's almost like they exhale. So you see, we got the peppers. They've been in the oven 30, 40 minutes. You know they're ready because they are telling you they're ready. Now, time to remove the stems and seeds. The skin separates, you see, it has all these pockets of air. You can sense that the skin has been separated from the flesh. And they... Oh, and it just comes out so easily. Yep. Can, can I just grab a little piece of this? Would that be okay? You should. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It's That's, amazing. It's yep. so sweet. Now, let me tell you, my stomach was roaring at this point, but we had more work to do because the peppers are cooked for a second round, this time on the stove. Remember the dancing garlic? Well, it's time for the garlic to shimmy in the pan. This is what my mom will do. She'll cut them in slices. Me, sometimes I use to smash them. And then, this is what my mom will do. Not too thick, not too thin. Even she'll cut them thicker, if you remember. But anyway, you see? The oil is getting hotter and the garlic is getting brown around the edges. And you can just imagine the aroma as he starts adding these roasted red peppers. Once the skin is removed, Jose cuts the peppers into fleshy strips that have the weight of slices of flank steak. And now is the moment that the moisture in... The garlic is being released into the hot oil and oil and water. Okay. Okay, and now we're going to wait. It's dancing already. You see? You see the dancing? Yes, I see the dancing. You see? It's that's shimmy, that's shimmy, that's shimmy, that's shimmy, that's shimmy that's And if it's chopped, even more dancing. Mm-hmm. Everybody tells me, but Jose, when do I know is the right time? Just listen to the ingredients. Watching him in his element, surrounded by all of his tools, making a dish so dear to his heart was truly special. Now, of course, we're skipping a few steps here and there, but hopefully you're feeling the deliciousness of this dish. And as always, we'll have the full description for you on Instagram. It's beautiful. I almost don't, I don't want to dive in because it's so beautiful. Chin chin. To you. Thank you, my friend. I cannot believe we're making my mom's red peppers. You know, it's been a long time I don't make these peppers. Well, and she's here with us today. Yeah. She's right here with us. Boom. Mm.
Well, that was fun. Thank you, Jose, for sharing your story and for sharing your heart. Jose Andreas is a wonderful chef and an even better human being. I've known him for years, but I learned all kinds of new things in this conversation. And I love getting to know more about his humble beginnings and how doing good is almost encoded in his family's DNA. Jose reached back to Spain for this conversation, sharing memories that were both comforting and complicated. But isn't that the nature of life in the kitchen? Sometimes it's salty, sometimes it's sweet, often it's less than perfect. Jose had a tumultuous relationship with his mother when he was young. He left home early to find peace, to find adventure, to find and grow his relationship with food. But time has a way of healing most things. Cooking those sumptuous peppers in his kitchen was a way to connect to his past and connect to his strong-willed mother Marisa, a woman with a heart of gold. You can experience those peppers, the pimientos asados, by heading to my Instagram page. We'll post a recipe and some pictures, but just be warned, pictures alone can never do these peppers justice. You might just try to make this in your own kitchen. I'm Michelle Norris. Have a glorious day. Come back soon for another episode of Your Mama's Kitchen. Thanks for listening. Be bountiful. This has been a Higher Ground and Audible original produced by Higher Ground Studios. Senior producer Natalie Wren, producer Sonia Tun, and associate producer Angel Carreras. Sound design and engineering from Andrew Epen and Roy Baum. Higher Ground Audio's editorial assistants are Jenna Levin and Camilla Thurdicus. Executive producers for Higher Ground are Nick White, Mukta Mohan, Dan Fearman, and me, Michelle Norris. Executive producers for Audible are Zola Mashariki, Nick D'Angelo, and Ann Hepperman. The show's closing song is 504 by The Soul Rebels. Editorial and web support from Melissa Baer and Say What Media. Our talent booker is Angela Peluso. And special thanks this week go to Inez Andres, Sacho Kaplan, the team at Think Food Group, Eli Turner, and thanks to Clean Cuts in Washington, D.C. Head of Audible Studios, Zola Mashariki, Chief Content Officer, Rachel Giazza, and that's it. Goodbye, everybody. See what we're serving up next week. Higher Ground. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to try to lift up your game? I know, I just got a new tennis racket. It's one of those newfangled things that's supposed to put a little bit of extra sauce on the ball. And it makes me want to spend a little bit of extra time on the court to perfect my backhand or work on my volleys. Here's the thing. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Available dynamic sky panoramic glass roof. Available front row massaging seats. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires. Available multi-terrain select. With all of these options, you can travel in style and comfort in the city or off-road. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.